Hey, welcome back to Mixtape Menage and the last one of 2019. This time we had a mirror of 180 proof, joined later by Ari of Woodwork Collective. We had a quick chat, touched on topics like of Mir's beginnings, DJing and social standards, and the mention of a few cheesy songs. As usual, I hope that you all enjoy. that series and then after that we started well before that we started doing the uh official releases like compilations we did one with this label called seven heads which no longer is around but it was pretty you know pretty well-known hip-hop label at the time and i knew the owner Wes jackson he offered me and con a deal to put out a compilation and i said yes so we said yes we did the record came out in 2004 it's the first time we both came to europe together to um to tour for that record um so we got a chance to see a lot of places that we would have never seen if it wasn't for music yeah um and then when the label went out of business you know we wanted to do another one so i approached the owner of bbe who i had already known because i've been working in the music industry and he was like well okay i'm thinking about doing a series called kings of digging now our counterpart our japanese counterpart of me and Khan was DJ Moro from Tokyo. Well, I believe he's from Tokyo, but he's from Japan. Okay, okay. And he called himself King of Digging. He had this series called King of Digging, which was kind of like, you know, our on-track mix series, except for his started off first. So we agreed to do a Kings of Digging, Khan and Amir versus DJ Moro, which was okay. on BBE. And I, I think that came out of... I want to say that it came out in 2006 or maybe a little earlier, but we did that record and then, you know, we were kind of like, all right, we still want to do this. So I had approached BBE about um, doing a series called Off Track because we had done already On Track when we were finished with that. So Off Track would have been like releases of compilation releases of stuff that was virtually unknown of like disco boogie jazz or african records okay, okay. The, the on track stuff was just basically stuff that had been sampled before and just mixed by you know Khan did all the mixes but it was mostly my records at the time okay. um so it was just like stuff that we our favorite samples that our favorite producers had used so you know and then we did the off track series we did three of them three out of the five and we named them after all the boroughs in new york so the first one was the bronx the second one was queens and the third one was brooklyn we never got a chance to do harlem and and staten island (laughs) but whatever staten island (laughs) anyways um so you know and we you know we did those things and you know we kind of um went our way our separate ways musically you know like we kind of grew apart in terms of our our music directions and he's doing his thing and i'm doing my thing we're still cool we're still friends yeah yeah. you know but we we have just musically you know decided to go in different directions and i you know i came to berlin which is where i'm at now in berlin Um, yeah exactly so um because i have been coming here since 2004 to dj tour with Khan and then also by myself starting in like 2012. Um, I started doing it, coming here by myself. 
And I decided that, you know, for the type of music that I play with, you know, disco, boogie, house, yeah, yeah, yeah. all that kind of stuff, you know, I can make more money here doing it. And also the appreciation for doing it was a lot more genuine. Yeah, I do have to say, like, I'm um, here. It is like a different kind of like appreciation. Like when I first moved here, like seven, eight years ago, mm-hmm. it was completely different. Everybody was like just techno, like, like yeah. everywhere. It actually used to irritate the shit out of me. Like I would mm-hmm. go to like a... Uh, it's like a gas station, and mm-hmm. they're still playing techno. And yeah. I'm just like, I'm just trying to get my Paul Malls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, you know what I mean? Can like, I just get a stick of gum and <laughs> be on my way? You know yeah, what I'm saying? No, exactly. Um, I want to chew up a soul. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. So, like, but I do have to say, I started to notice that there was a bit more of a niche scenario, it felt like, mm-hmm. that was happening. But, like, in that seven years, like, uh, I've seen, like, a bit more. So, um... Like, yeah, like, just more, like, funk and soul. Like, honestly, even, like, kind of, like, um, I'm bad with, like, genres. Like, but, you know, like, kind of, like, a bit more, like, soulful, like, house Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, um, back in the A, like, that's what we used to always go to. Like, MGQ, just, like, mad, like, soulful house. And it was, like, a different energy than what it is here. And I never honestly realized, like, how much of a different energy. At one point, I thought I was just, like, washed up. And then, <laughs> like, I actually, like, went back over the summer and went to, like, one spot where, uh, what's his name? Kai was playing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, it's just, like, a completely different energy that's yeah. happening there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but, like, so it's been good for you since you moved here. Yeah, it's been good, and it's been good, and it has, you know, it's been good and bad in a sense. And the, the good part is, like, you know, people are like, oh, sh- you can curse on this, right? Yeah, you know, you're good, Sean. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, you, you know, people are like, oh, shit, you're, you're here in Berlin. Oh, you're closer now, so now we can book you. But then the other bad part about it is that, you know, um, in Berlin, they don't really pay that much for um, yeah. DJ gigs. And then, you know, they have this unofficial rule that if you DJ more than twice a month or three times a month in Berlin, that's frowned upon because there's yeah. so many DJs here and. You know, you're not that special anymore. People don't want to keep paying a fee to come and see you and this and that and the other. And I'm like, I'm coming from New York, so I'm like straight trying to get my hustle on. Yeah, yeah. Trying to get my feet wet here. <clears throat> and, um, you know, so it's it's been a bit of a challenge. But also, you know, for me, at the same time, like just even traveling to other European countries, you know, there's, there's a lot of competition out here. You know, there's a lot of people out here saying like they're the dons of disco, the dons of this and dons of that. You know, and a lot of these young cats, you know, I have to be honest that, you know, they learned a lot from the compilations that Khan and I did. Yeah. (laughs) You know, decades ago. Yeah. But now they're like, oh, you know, so-and-so discovered this record. You know, like I've had so many times playing here in Berlin. It was like, oh, oh, you're playing that record like that Floating Points did. And I'm like or put out or that he played and he made famous. I was like, well, actually, Khan and I made this record famous like <laughs> 10 years before he, you know what I mean? And yeah, I know yeah, yeah. I know Floating Points and he's a cool cat. This is nothing against him yeah, yeah, at yeah. all. I'm just saying that like, there's always a predecessor to someone. There's a prede- There was a predecessor to myself and Khan, someone to even them. You know what I'm saying? There's always an originator to everything. And it's just like, I'm not out here trying to like, you know, take credit for certain things. I'm just saying that there's room for a lot of us out here, yeah. Especially in the in the niche scene that we're in, and the disco and the boogie and the house and 
you know, the Latin and all that other stuff, especially in a city like Berlin, where, again, it's still very techno here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is still very techno here. So, you, you know, when you have those parties, you know, when you have someone come into town or you have someone that has a unique perspective on that music genre that you're talking about, well, let's say it's disco, you know, I think it's it's cool to have that person come and speak, you know, musically by playing, you know, their point of view. But what happens is a lot of times when you're in, you know, London or Paris or, you know, other cities in Germany, people get real snobbish. They, you know, they're like, oh, well, yeah. I know everything about disco. and <clears throat> It was never like that for me. It was always about like, yo, I just want to play some good music. Yeah. I like hearing this on a sound system, especially a good sound system. And not every DJ is going to play the same records the same, same way. way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, right. I mean, for me, the situation is like this. Like, you, I, I've been to so many different clubs here spinning. And that's not just even in Berlin. You know, like, you go, you know, like, I just did the Boiler Room Festival a couple of weeks ago in London. And, you know... You just see DJs, it's more about the presentation than about the presentation of themselves, like physically. You know, it's more people like taking pictures of themselves. You know, um, they're on their phone a lot because the social media thing is a real big thing and they're bigging themselves up and then and this and that and the other. I'm, I, I don't have a lot of photos of me DJing on my Instagram page because I get there and I just want to get in yeah, to the yeah. music and I just want to spin. I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot. I got to, you know, because I still want to do this. I got to do some social media work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm like, I come from the school where, you know, you come and you play and it's how you play that brings the crowd and people will be like, yo, where you DJ at again? Because yeah. I want to come and I want to like, give me your number. I want to follow you. Not like, Yo, can I take a picture with you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yo, yeah. and it, like people don't even ask now. They just come behind the booth and just, I'm like, yo, what are you doing? <laughs> you taking my, try to take my soul. It's yeah, not yeah, even yeah. that. It's just like, yo, do you ever, you know, please, bitter, you know, <laughs> yeah. like whatever. Can you just, you know, do you mind me? I'm, you know, I told this one woman, I was like, yo, the next time I'm going to come to your job, I'm going to sit right next to you and be like, <laughs> click, click. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, totally. You'd be like, yo, what are you doing? It's, yeah. it's really interesting, though, because I feel like one of the things that, like, I don't know, I guess I'm kind of noticing is that, like, also with DJing, like, it's part of the cultural industries now. And, like, I feel like it's kind of like, you know, I've been, like, I've been doing some reading recently just for my, like, research and stuff, but just, like, the sort of idea of, like, neoliberal working conditions yeah. and how that's imposed on, like, the arts now, where it's, like, you know, like with DJing, it's like you got to be like this sort of like individualized, like self-styled, like entrepreneur yeah. slash DJ. It's like you have to be your own like promoter and all of this stuff simultaneously. Like, and I think that that's really difficult to maintain. And a lot of artists who are incredibly talented don't really want to have anything to do with that aspect of it. Yeah. And I think that's mm -hmm. just like a reality that like, you know always like I don't know I guess like the working conditions for being a DJ is like it's kind of fragile in that sense where like a lot of it's based on like personal and professional connections it's like you either know people and like maybe they're going to put you on maybe they're not you get booked for something it's like nothing is ever really certain unless you have some sort of I don't know unless you have some sort of like super big name and then it's like the people who hit it super big it's like it's like on the side of like extravagance kind of like they get 
You know what I mean? It's like certain certain yeah. artists who like blow up in that style of having the right photos, knowing the right people, this and that. It's like, you know, maybe they are like getting more sort of like luxury treatment than just, you know, people being about like giving everybody fair treatment because they're all committed to their music. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, I mean, it's not even just that. Also, it's, you know, from the other end, too, it's like a lot of the booking agencies and the PR agencies, they don't they don't want to work artists anymore. That they all want to be like, yo, they just want to be able to have someone call them to yeah. book to book you. They don't want to have to pick up the phone to call anyone. And I've heard this like from promote, several. Basically. Yeah, I've heard this from <laughs> several agencies that are like, yo, you're too hard to work, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, I just want to be able to like, you know, just. I want the gigs to come in to me. They don't want to have to work. And I'm just like, yo, that's not what life is about, dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Mm. you got to work for what you get. All this easy come, you know, easy go shit is is ridiculous. Yeah. But that's, again, I feel like that's what's based on the sort of market of, like, appearances, you know, this. And that's why it's, like, it seems like that's why people like spend so much time focusing on like the visual aspect of it because it's like if you can't like if the avatar of you isn't marketable if you can't sell it then people aren't interested mm-hmm. yeah it's not really about what your music is yeah but see and, yeah. yeah i get you know and i i and i agree with you and i understand that intellectually but emotionally i'm like but that's not what music is about that's for not sure. what culture is about for sure for it's sure not i agree 100 and like 100%. made it to some shit like yeah. that so that's what i struggle with you know like 100 i'm trying to be correct to what the culture is about but then i gotta also make a living right yeah right but yo but like actually like speaking about this aspect of like culture like um like what's you all's like feelings about the differences between like that aspect like here versus like the u.s or like other places. You want to go first? Well, I mean, I can't really say a whole lot because a lot of my DJing experience comes from playing out here. Yeah. Like yeah. I had a radio show in college. That was about the extent of it. And I moved yeah. here when I was 19. So okay. I've kind of spent a lot of time learning about the scene and the politics of it from this side of the pond. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's definitely... <laughs> It's it's different at home because of the fact that like you know I, I went home in April right and I yeah. um, and I was there and I played at a few new venues you know um, the difference to me is like if you're trying to survive on just playing you know what Germans call organic music disco boogie soul and all that other stuff yeah you know um, or playing vinyl and stuff like that for the most part American artists they don't give a shit. Most venues, like even like a place like where we're at right now, you know, they have at least two technique turntables. They seem to be working well. They have a decent mixer. Places in, uh, in especially in New York, they don't give a damn. They, they, that shit could be hobbled together with like tape and <laughs> duct tape and have to speak of hanging off. And they're like, well, you're supposed to work, you know, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, go, yeah. Go, yeah. you know. And then you got to play like the shit, your shittiest music. I'm sorry, you know, I know people are going to be like, well, why are you calling trap music shitty? I mean, well, <laughs> I'm just saying that's just my opinion and I'm allowed to have that opinion. You are. So I'm just going to say that. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of it is shitty music and that's all people want to hear. Like, people come into clubs, people are so, so, uh, uh, pr- uh, not privileged, but um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, they just feel like the, they're obligated to come over to you and say certain things to you. And I'll give you a perfect example. Last year, I was at Prince Charles. Entitled. In a, entitled. That's the word. Yeah. Yeah. That's the perfect. Thank you. Entitled. I was at Prince Charles last year, and yeah. um, <clears throat> a couple of friends of mine from um, Amsterdam were DJing, and um, this cat, Marcus from All Your Records, came over to me, and he was like, this American woman keeps coming over to me and asking me um, to ask the DJ to play this shit. Can you talk to her? Because she's getting on my nerves. Okay, cool. So I talked to her, and I was like, yo, what's up? What do you want to hear? She was like, and I kid you not, now, the dudes are playing like, house you know it's like mad on temple energy wise mood and everything right yeah yeah, yeah. this chick has a nerve to ask for journey don't stop believing <laughs> and she goes and i'm like he's not gonna play that she was like well me and my 15 friends paid a lot of money to get in that's a typical american thing we paid i'm like you didn't pay more money than anyone else that got in here yeah yeah so cut that out Right, yeah. and I was like, he don't even know that. I was like, if he played that song right now, everybody'd be looking at him like, "Are you crazy?" Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And then she would, she goes, well, "Where are you from?" I was like, "Where are you from?" She was like, "I'm from Denver, Colorado." I was like, "I'm from Brooklyn, New York." So that <laughs> trumps that bullshit you're talking about. Like, get out of here. And yeah. that's that privilege. You know, people feel privileged. They feel entitled. You know, they'll come over to you. Like I've had situations where a dude came up and just. Turned off the Serato while I'm because he didn't like what we were playing. I'm oh, like, right? yo, yeah, I'm like, you about to get yeah mashed out out here. Where was that at? Where did that? This happen? is in Brooklyn. <clears throat> People just feel like and this this and I, I don't want to beat up on my younger brethren coming up behind me, but there are some people out there who have not been, you know, um, taught properly how to deal, you know, Vintage. socially with people. You don't just yeah. come because you don't like something. You just automatically go and fuck shit up yeah no i mean and there's a lot of that no it is and they need to be chin checked on that (laughs) like i seriously i I can't even like say nothing about it because uh shit you're right yeah i mean nah nah it's it, it it's very difficult you know this is a subject that i i i i um i struggle with because you know another thing like I was when I was at home, my girlfriend's a DJ, and we, she she was invited to speak at this like kind of symposium. And then the, one of the guys who I knew, who was also a DJ, brought up this whole thing about like how trap music and how you know we shouldn't be as older people be shitting on these you know younger artists, you know, because we say that they're they're talking a bunch of nonsense. And you know, back in the days, you know, we had people that was talking the violence and sex. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. There was a lot of that too. You know, from the gangster era. To Luke and you know Campbell and his his thing and all that other stuff, but I just feel like the the subject matter today, especially when all I because I, I try to listen to some of this stuff, I yeah. honestly do. But when it's all like yeah, uh, 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 and it's you're not saying nothing else throughout the whole song. Yeah, I'm yeah. supposed to take you seriously. <laughs> yeah. I'm really supposed to take you serious. I don't know any hip hop songs. From any, especially from any of the greats, you know, again, this is my opinion, from like a Rock Kim to a Karis One that just did a song talking about Versace, 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 and got a number one hit. They had complex, you know, Rock Kim never swore on a record except for a couple times. No, I remember, all of that. Actually, I didn't even know he did it a couple times. Like, I, that's always been like a mad like legend. I don't know, like for me, like I always have like mixed feelings about it. Um, one, just because of like things like. Um, 
you know, just coming from Georgia. And now right. that is like, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. actually like being associated with it. I have like, I don't know how to put it. One example that I will like uh, say, one thing I will say about it is some of it I, I am okay with. Some of it is too like flat, too like one dimensional. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, I think that some of it, people should just, I think there's a certain level where people try to like keep things the same and try to still call it like hip hop rather than accepting that it's like something else. Yeah. And I think if someone went to actually like do that and just be like, okay, this is something else, mm. then you would just realize that that's part of like the lineage, like all other forms of music, like uh, right. in the past, like right, so right. from like um, blues to like jazz right. to soul well, to like, like rock and roll, from disco to to, to house, exactly, you know, exactly, and, 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 and it's just like a clear lineage of, between the two, you know. No, exactly, and I think that is a thing that like hurts that the most. Right, I have to say, um. The term like trap uh, kind of like bothers me a little bit though, uh, just because of like what a trap is. <laughs> well, it comes from the trap house, which you know was the drug house. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like that. And then plus also, yeah, it's like a whole bunch of like very like negative, very fucked up shit. Yeah, man. And like stories that like kind of comes from that. And okay, so like based well, on like where I work like at. A it's also marketing like sort of like a struggle narrative. Like once again, like marketing a struggle narrative for black people in the arts. Like, haven't we done that? Aren't we ready to move on? Aren't we ready to have a different story? Like, Corporate can we America's talk about not. black abundance? Can we talk yeah. about things that are, you know? No, exactly. Yeah, no, no, I've I hear actually that. had like a couple of like moment times. Okay, so like working over at um, like Native and shit. Yeah. Uh, where somebody will come up and it's kind of like awkward because I do have like weird feelings about it. Like I kind of really hate the term trap. So mm -hmm. if like somebody comes up and is like, oh yeah, I didn't know it came from Atlanta. And then it just, yeah, it starts like a whole like other story about like how on one hand, like that's already been there, honestly for more than like 20, like 30 years. Mm -hmm. Like uh, well, at least 20, at least 20. Mm -hmm. But just based off of like things that weren't so popular or like so well known internationally at the time. Um, one thing I didn't appreciate when I was growing up is like how special like the musical culture was in Georgia. For I sure. I mean, like, of, yeah, course, yeah. of course, like, okay, I'm from Macon. Like, right. I, I was in Atlanta, um, but um, for like 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, but growing up, you main two people you always talk about Otis Redden, Little Richard. <laughs> always. <laughs> Well, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, and don't forget, you know, James is from Augusta. Augusta. That, that's over there, though. You know okay. I mean? like, All right. Well, see, still, I don't still, know Georgia that well. So. Yeah, but at the same time, still James. <laughs> is still in Georgia. Still a Georgia boy. Yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Of course. I mean. Yeah. Um, I mean, shit. I still give props to, like, you know, Dallas Austin. Jermaine Dupree, you know, especially Dallas Austin because, you know, he did all the TLC shit. Yeah. ABC, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he did stuff for Boys to Men. He did that whole first album. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, he did. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, like, that whole that whole sound down there, you know, Outkast, the Dungeon Family, sure. the Organized. So, you know, they have, they, you know, Georgia has a unique music history. There's no question about that. Not exactly. And this is the thing that I get like a little bit like I'm irritated about it because of that. I think my thing about like the whole like trap music thing is that it's a little bit um, very much ingrained with what you're saying, but like pushing like that narrative. Mm -hmm. And I think instead of it being something like even more, mm -hmm. 
then it's just like stuck in that. Exactly. It's not new. It's tired. It's just the same tired narrative. It's like they took a different formula. Like they took inspiration from like a previous genre. And it's just like, it's about replicating a formula, it seems, with that style of music. Like, I'm going to tell you like, just like a story that I have, because I'm not really super familiar with a lot of trap. But like you, like, like you said, sort of, Aaliyah's just like, there's some things that I've heard. I'm like, okay, like I can understand. But then there's a lot of it where I just can't even deal with it. But like my 16 year old cousin's been getting into making music and stuff. And I was like, what kind of music are you like, you know, into making and this and that? And he's like, oh, I made this trap beat. And I listened to it and it was just like, it sounded good. Like it was a well-produced beat. And he was like, yeah, it's really easy. It's just a formula. Like it wasn't anything special. It's literally a formula. Yeah. And that's, I feel like why it's not so, like we need innovation. No, this is kids. (laughs) But like, but, but they I, think but they I, are though that's the problem they think they are innovating no this is like very much a problem but one thing i will say though um i hate to quote people but pretty much it was from um like saul williams he said this one time he said mm. it like perfectly for me um like growing up i didn't like those things i was always into like more like new york boom bap like you said like i grew up like one of my favorite songs forever was like love's gonna get you mm-hmm. like um, like that was like my <laughs> shit I bought like the first the first thing I bought with my own money was the first Tribe Called Quest album when mm. I was like seven nice mm. <laughs> like that was like my shit mm. um, fast forward though so basically what Saul was saying is at that time he didn't see or find where to appreciate it and then later on he said that he realized that there's he can't look for like the same things like he was talking about like his newfound appreciation for Project Pat and like how Project mm-hmm. Pat like rides that beat. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that is very much a fact. Project Pat rides a hell out of a goddamn beat. Mm-hmm. I and don't then, know his uh, music. No, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but then like also like, con- like um, words and whatever they're talking about like aside, there is a sort of like trance like value I think to kind of like repeating the same thing. And I then I kind of feel like sometimes there's a certain level of like a callback to like um blues and just going back and saying the same thing over. Yeah. But now yeah. It, <coughs> but I the think it's just like in this cultural like context. It's been like and watered and down kinda. Like I understand what you're saying. Like call yeah. and response is always gonna be like a super powerful effect, I think, in music in general. Like that's you know, if you No exactly. And this is know. where it becomes like poisonous because right. of like what's actually like happening now. And then not only that, okay, I'm sorry. This is the other part that really gets me. A lot of motherfuckers that was like doing that shit, uh, like back in the day, they weren't really into like the shit they talking about. But now, like, I've actually seen it, like, progress, like, over, like, the last, like, what, like, 20 years? Like, motherfuckers actually do, like, some foul shit just to try and get a rep and just to, like, have something to talk about and just to be able to say that Whoa. they did did it. That's well, true. That's, that's kind of Takashi 6 9 That's what you're talking about right there. That's, that's <laughs> oh, per- <laughs> this is a perfect example of that. Like you, I don't know uh, nothing uh, about uh, that dude. I mean, well, you were living. Well, he was you know, about I, yeah, he told you know, everybody on you. He told everybody on. Right. This dude, I mean, you know him. Uh, you know, like this is cat from. Well, he's from Flatbush in Brooklyn. You know, his name is Casanova. This dude was supposedly the most dangerous man in Brooklyn. He was going yeah. around stabbing dudes, shooting at people, robbing, um, check cash from places. That was his thing. He would go to like 
Rikers Island, which is like yeah. going to hell, basically. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, oh, put his feet up. Like, you know, I got, I'm running this spot. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. But now he's a rapper. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got him, Kashi, who is basically a government snitch. He just snitched out everybody <laughs> in hip hop. Yeah. This yeah. dude is, should be, he, he should be thankful that he's still alive at the moment. Yeah, yeah, no, he definitely should be. At the moment, you know, and you got Chris Brown, you know, who's repping the Bloods. I'm like, dude, what are you repping the Bloods for? And you have a is career. Is he really? Oh, no, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's yeah, been a Blood I don't for follow any, I don't follow this stuff, y'all. So I, I, have, I have a bad habit of, like, watching Vlad TV when oh, I'm, like... Yeah, I mean, no, like, I watch it, stars, too. I watch I it, too. I watch it, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, uh, I need to stay connected to, no, like, exactly, the youth exactly. culture because this is what they're into. Like, if no, you're right. you're still doing youth things you got to understand where they're coming from like not only I that feel but like just there being, like, other, there's got to but there are other you like speaking yeah. as a young ish person a young person you know there are people who are interested in other things and i think that it's there absolutely are. true it's just like i guess there are certain aspects where i just got to stay away me, guys. Do you have fire? oh we're recording <laughs> Hey, look at that fire. It's all, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's kinda like, you know, you you I, I hear what you're saying, like, you know, there are there there are other people out but there. But you're right, most of us in the States. I mean, you know, it's kind of yeah. Yeah, because I mean, you know, like you know, before I came out, I was doing parties all over Brooklyn. I did parties. I would go you know, I used to party down at um in Atlanta at uh, my boy um my boy spot, um, sound table. Oh yeah, Carl, 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 you know. So yeah, I, I love I that know, spot. I know, I know. Like even other parties I've been to in Atlanta, you know, just on some like humble being at a party where it's like super trap in there, or going to like Magic City, you know, all the strip yeah, clubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you see all of that, you know. I've been to the Bay. I know what that's, you know, the high fee mm. and all of that. So I know what all of that stuff is like, and I just want to know like both sides. I don't want to just know like the the cats, the young cats that are making music that I appreciate, but I want to sure. know what's going on. Yeah. You know, like, what's, definitely. Because <clears throat> that's the only way you're gonna help change people's minds is you got to see both sides no exactly yeah. and not only that but like i have to say that for me even for certain shit that like i don't like it's like music for me was always this way of being like connected to like different people mm -hmm. like i started off with like hip-hop and honestly but like during like the years when like sampling was much more prevalent yeah. and like so like during the summertime um when i was like stuck at home didn't know what else to do like I would like flip through like the tape covers, the tape cassette, and like see uh, like what was the sample, and then I like, look and see if my pops had it in his record collection. Mm. So from like doing that, that exposed me to like a whole another world of like music. That was how everything be became for me. But then like later on, as I got older, and started to become more familiar with different types of people. Mm -hmm. I found out that whenever I figured out what resonated with me in a particular song. Like when that happened, I was able to actually have like a bit more of an honest connection with those people. Um, yeah, basically. yeah. I mean, well, I would say this. You know, the younger crowd that's in the, the trap and everything else, they, 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 they have their connection, and a lot of their connection yeah, exactly. is is you know like, well, dudes talking about like you know how much money he has or like how many women he's been with or. Excuse me. Or like, you know, how much drugs he's selling, how much drugs he's taking. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. there's a lot of cats who are like, yo, I'm on Quaaludes and da 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 da. Yeah. Then list off a whole bunch of drugs that they're taking at once. And I'm like, dude, first of all, if you're taking all those drugs, die. you'd be dead. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be dead you know, and dead. Yeah, exactly. You know what and, I'm saying? Like, and back to stop. This, back to talking about the shit that I'm actually like embarrassed. I probably shouldn't tell anybody I listen to. There's like some dude named Brick Baby Shitro. He's got don't like some him. song you don't know. And it's okay. Like, it's, it's, it's probably a good thing. Okay, now I take that back. I probably should say that out loud. <laughs> nah, it's, it's, it's so good. I'm it out. I mean, I'm not saying but he has that, you like know. Uh, one song called like Six Drugs at Once. Oh, uh, well, uh, good, good, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I shouldn't. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I'm saying, it's, you know what you're saying. Yeah. But I also think what you're saying too about like how you were socialized into music and learning about different styles and learning what resonates and things that maybe you don't like. Like if you look at kids like maybe who were born in like, I don't know, 1999, 2000. Like if you look at kids who are like 18, 19 now, like they didn't necessarily grow up with like record collections. Like a lot of their information comes from the internet. Yeah. And when you think about how yeah. the internet has had an effect on the way that people are able to like engage with like music or books or like all different forms of culture, I feel like it, like it's really interesting because you know, before, like, everybody saw the internet, like, we all saw it as this sort of vast abyss of information, and you can still find so many things on it. It can be so generative, but also because of the way certain things work, like, certain things get pushed nowadays because, like, that space has become more, like, politicized, monetized, corporatized. So, like, the internet isn't, like, this free space anymore where, like, yeah. you just find, like, somebody's blog and you like what they post and you follow it. Like, also, you know what I mean? the way that everything is, like, structured. Like, before it was a lot less structured. Different people... There's like a lot more like They're things like, like forums, happening. Like, like right music now. forums. That's how like when I was younger, like being like, you know, two thousand like seven and two thousand or between two thousand four and two thousand eight, like I would just be on all these music forums and I was like learning about, you know, house and like all of these just like also European styles of music for the first time. Like not necessarily you know, just like different, like dubstep, you know, for example, like the really early stuff and like when it was kind of also like a, a bit ambient, like there was so many, like just in the really early period, it was a really freestyle and it was kind of interesting because it also took from like hip hop a little bit, like drum and bass, like there just like, yeah, from that perspective, it was such an interesting thing to become acquainted with and something that I would not have encountered in Texas in like 2004 and five and six, so. Yeah, I really think this whole like uh, two things. One, I think the distribution of information yeah, um, has like really changed the landscape of our like present society. And I kind of feel like this is a large part of things, even outside of just like simply music. Yeah. Uh, I think this is a part of it. It's just having to figure out how to redistribute it and like different people are like losing money in different places and they're trying to figure out like how to maintain mm -hmm. uh basically this is a big thing another thing i really do think that um different ages kind of like vibrate in a different way yeah, for some reason it's kind of like a different uh, like different rhythms speak to different peoples from like different like times and like cultures in like a different way mm -hmm. it's something that's really hard to explain but it's something that i feel very strong about um and thirdly, on a much lighter note, one thing that made me feel like crazy old, uh, where I realized I couldn't like really vibe with certain things a lot uh, the same way, but even though I appreciated back to like appreciating something that's a bit more like current, but kind of realizing that I'm like old as shit now. Mm -hmm. um, 
this group Earth Gang. Yeah, like they're like uh, based out of like Atlanta, like some like J Cole shit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> where they like with um, the Dreamville thing. They actually have like some dope ass songs. Um, like there's this one like liquor store, like that's certified like my shit. But there's something about it where like I honestly respect the lyrics because I feel like they're they actually try to do something else. But there's something about the delivery that like I I just have like a blank spot. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Everything music else musically, like I absolutely like love. And I actually am still like a little bit upset that I didn't go to the show when they were here in Berlin like three weeks ago. But it's just wow. one of those like funny things where <clears throat> just like those differences. Yeah, and um yeah. and where do you connect? And then like realizing like where at one point where if I would have been that age, then I probably would have been like completely into it. Like it, like whole like one hundred percent instead of where like now it's like ninety three percent. Yeah, I mean, you know, you just reminded me of a conversation like I had with somebody who they typically always have with me when I'm criticizing trap or any of that kind of music that I'm not really appreciating. They go, well, what did your parents say when you first got into hip hop? They hated when you were in hip hop and blah, blah. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. My, my father and my mother were like, yo, what is this shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, what, what are you listening to? But then... You think you're old as shit. <laughs> so... I remember when Star Wars first came on TV. You know what Star Wars is, right? Oh, no, no, of course. Okay, Except, so... Okay, but you gotta remember, I'm a country boy, so I used to, like, fantasize about Star Wars oh, coming okay. on TV. But continue, continue. Yeah, so when it came on PB, it came on PBS first, Oh, right? right? Yeah, it came on PBS first. So the night that it was premiering, I made my mother sit down and watch it with me. Word. I'm, like, 14, 13, whatever yeah, it, yeah. What, it, what it was. And so she sat down and she, and she watched it. And it's not just talking about... The music is talking about, you know, graffiti, the b-boying, the whole aspect of hip hop. Yeah. And she learned. She was like, it's still not really my cup of tea, but I understand why you into it. Because she heard things that like my brothers and sisters were listening to, like disco and all this stuff like that. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, and jazz samples and all that other stuff. So she could appreciate that. And later on, it helped me get into my father's records because he had a whole bunch of jazz records. So he was like, oh, okay, well, at least you, you're, you're getting to that point now a days when i'm listening to trap and i'm listening to these people talk about how they you know they're trying to defend this kind of music i'm yeah, like yeah, yeah nah. but like this is the <laughs> trying to defend the indefensible yeah because yeah. there's nothing you can defend about it like you said earlier like it's a real simple formula there was nothing for formulaic about hip-hop in the beginning or even like in the late 90s, it became that because what happens is when you get corporate America, because corporate America don't give a shit about nothing exactly. except for about making money. So yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. as far as they can, you know, sterilize it and make it into something that now you think this is hip hop or now you think this is disco, you could just put any music genre and substitute hip hop out of it and put that in. And they've all done it yeah, to yeah. every music form. Yeah. Yo, um, like speaking on that, though. Like when you were talking about like how easy it was to make something, and you're talking about like this earlier part of like um hip hop, and everybody's like making like shit. This is something that was um, uh, and I completely agree with you on that, like uh, utterly and like completely. I think like with all of this like new equipment that was kind of like coming out like at that time, 
and people trying to like figure it out i think that kind of like added to like a certain amount of the abandon like i'm like what was it like some years ago i found out i lived my whole life and i didn't realize that like scully d's um scully d yeah scully d's yeah. uh what's the name of the joint again i can't remember looking at my gucci or psk psk parkside killers yeah parkside killers i never realized that that shit was like never like programmed basically no. i think i heard the story was like they didn't know how to program it so they just played it live mm -hmm. <laughs> but at the same time like that's the thing that made it like live for me yeah yeah you know that's okay. one of the first like you know they considered him one of the like first gangster rappers because parkside yeah, 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 killers yeah, yeah, yeah. was a was the area of philly that you philly, didn't really yeah. want to fuck fuck around with you know what i'm saying and he's talking about you know this this that and the third this is before ice t and him like if you talk yeah, yeah, yeah. You, i've seen vlad interviews with ice t and ice t <laughs> is like yo no schoolie d was the man yeah, and no, even before, you know, <laughs> then it was like just ice, just ice, you know, the original gangster yeah, he called yeah, himself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, but even when they're talking about all that stuff, it's not until the point where, like, first of all, just ice and Schooly D were actual dudes in the streets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of these cats, like you were saying before, like, you know, Takashi 6ix9ine, you know, apparently he used to work at a bodega, Spade Cough. You know, Spatey here for you yeah, people, yeah. Right? <laughs> or kiosk or whatever, right? Yeah. So he used to work, and he was like a little innocent kid. And all of a sudden, he got with this crew, of Bloods, and all of a sudden, now he's, I'm going to your town, and I'm gonna shoot, I'm gonna shoot at you, yeah. like he did with Keith Chief in Chicago. You yeah. go to that dude's neighborhood, going to look for him, filming a video, and then you get shot at yourself. What do you think is gonna happen? Yeah. When you're bringing all that negativity to you. Now, there was beef back in the days, but it was to me, there was never beef to this point where dudes is, and, and people think, in hip-hop were, like, actually going to kill each other. But I think some of it is just having, like, I think it's a mix between, like, this sort of, uh, like we were talking about, like, these sort of, like, negative, like, uh, narratives being pushed. And, like, and you're right. There was, like, one point where, I guess I'm thinking about, like, like in reference to when you're talking about like Just Ice and Schoolie D being mm -hmm. like certified, basically, I think like in my particular generation, I th I'm I'm guessing I'm probably like about eight to ten years younger than you. Probably, I'm not gonna say how old I am, but yeah. you know, <laughs> let it go, let it no. out, let it out, let it out. But no, no. but uh, none but of us have to reveal our ages. I think Let's, you know we're uh, just gonna say black don't cry. GDPR, <laughs> exactly. <was it? laughs> but um, so there was like one period where you always heard about things that certain people did. But then, like, later on, it was kind of like, nah, they just, like, saying it. Right. And then there's this other part where, like, I remember very specific, like, people that I knew mm. that, like, uh, lived in the same, like, apartment building. Like, they really, for some reason, would get to a point where they were trying to, like, prove that. Mm. And then they would end up being, like, fucked up by 10 o'clock in the morning. And then they trying to, like, ride around and pretty much, like, literally trying to start shit. Like, literally trying to start fights um, in the street. And then, like just trying to like show off like um, pistols and doing all of this. Um, yeah. Shit, I, forgot, I, forgot, I forgot what was the main point I was trying to get to. Well, uh, you were talking about. Uh, yeah, I was just saying like, you know, the just ice of the world. And, you know, like I, you know, I used to work in the music industry. I used to work for fa uh, famous companies, the 25th anniversary this year, Fat Beats, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I work with a lot of people. I work with Showbiz and AG. I work with P Rock. I work with Lord Finesse. You know, all of those cats I know and still know Actually, to this day. Okay, sorry. I'm sorry. Showbiz and AG? Yeah. I had like one of my like favorite like uh, song transitions like ever. Which one? Like on. Um, 
Goodfellas. Okay. Like uh, like the first like two songs was like check it out now and this is how we're going. Uh, like the first song that was a bit more like yeah, I know the first album a lot more no, uh, than, also, the, than the second album. Also, uh, on the first album was one of my favorite pieces of like production like ever, which kind of like changed the way that I like actually approached music. Honestly, there was uh, one song, I can't remember the name of it right now, but they took uh, but like Showbiz took like this one like guitar riff and he added like a shit ton of like chorus on it and that was just like a sick ass sound to me yeah but i remember that one yeah it was uh oh you're talking about that i'm, I'm calm one, one but my yeah, crew was sort of sick. sick yeah okay i'm sorry i cut you off but that was like yeah, my shit though. yeah that, that was the one with on um, big l yeah exactly yeah that's the but that's jack bruce oh that was jack bruce yeah that's a jack bruce sample okay um, yeah that's right that's right jack bruce yeah. i think that's on diamond's record though Nah, nah, nah. That shit's on uh, that, the first show business. Okay, yeah, you nah, may be right. Yeah, all right. Well, regardless, yeah. I mean, you know, like showbiz. You know, the Pete Rocks, and this is the other thing about like a lot of the cats that made music. Like some of the people I'm naming, like Lord Finesse and all of them. The first thing is, is like because I know all of them, and we all are kind of yeah. like mutually have grown up the same way. We're pretty much all the same age. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, we had parents that were, you know collected music and we inherited that music and then we went out ourselves and we started shopping for music and then we became DJs. I didn't really become a producer like them but then they became producers and I think a lot of the reason why that Pete Rocks and the, the premieres and everybody else who are great producers and legendary producers because they came from a strong background of music. Yeah, they yeah, knew yeah, yeah. music. A lot of these cats now it's like ding, 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 ding. You know, they're just pressing buttons. They don't know about chords. They don't know anything about mood. They don't know anything about key. Yeah. I'm not saying like all the of them because there are some out there that do know that and are making good music. Yeah. But then I feel like the other ones that people are like just losing their, sh their lunch over. Oh, shit, that's a sick beat. I'm like, what is I don't I. Yeah. I'm struggling to hear what you're hearing. Doesn't resonate. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. So Actually, I, I feel yeah. like I feel like I should like go back on because now I remember when we were talking about like the the actual like equipment and things that were being used like how easy oh, yeah. it is now and like the sense of like structure. Yeah, actually, I um, probably do need to start like now. So I could I could go. I mean, it's uh it's all good. I mean, or we can like just go and like um, close up, and I can just like uh, start okay. up. Yeah, sure. yeah, but um. Yeah, I guess I go and like uh, just start with like uh, the next part. Just one more like thing before yeah. like closing up because I see now it's been like 50 minutes and just like uh, like blabbing off and shit. Um, just like a mixtape menage tradition. Um, what's a song that y'all might have liked when y'all were like younger that you would be embarrassed to admit that you like now? Oh, I have one. Which is? <laughs> <laughs> All right, before I say it. <laughs> You have to understand something. So, like when I was <laughs> when I was when I was younger, because I grew up between Boston and um and uh and Brooklyn, Brooklyn right? Yeah. So when I was younger, my um in, in the uh, early '80s in Boston, it was wild for the night. It was, it was yeah. just wild. So my mom was like, "I'm gonna go send you to live with your sister in Gary, Indiana," which neither one of us <laughs> knew was even wilder. Oh yeah. Than Boston, right? So I'm there. I'm in high school. You know, and it was, you know, this is where you got like GDs, you know, Gangster Disciples, you know, yeah, yeah, folks. Yeah. They got some rip, some of the oldest black gangs in America, yeah. older than Bloods and Crips. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm going through all of this, 
And I remember I had this friend, this the one white dude that went to our high school. He used to pick me up every day. And one day I got in the truck and he's playing this song. And it, the reason why I, I was, would be, I liked the song back then because, I don't know, it just, it brought me, because it was hell living in Gary. Yeah. Right? It's talking about extreme poverty. Yeah. It was extreme poverty. It took me another place just because I needed to veg out to some shitty music. We all yeah. have our shitty music songs that we like. And yeah. that song is Rick Ashley, um, Never Gonna Give You Up. Oh that's like a real shitty oh, fucking yeah, song, that is right? A, it's yeah, like, that's a good one. That's like, <laughs> yeah. give you up. But Never I used to sing along with it because I was like, you know what? Like, I can't, I can't deal with like, you know, I had two friends killed, one killed next to me, shot. Yeah. While I was there, you know what I'm saying? So okay. I'm like, I just yeah. need something to take my mind off that bullshit. Yeah, for sure. No, nah, definitely. For sure, for sure. Definitely. You want you want you want to sing it right now? Nah, you don't <laughs> want me to do that. But <laughs> actually I do. Okay. <laughs> Never gonna, gonna give, give you up. <laughs> Never gonna something, something, something. Let you make that you cry. <laughs> Yeah. Never gonna let it, you say down. Goodbye. Yeah, say, say goodbye. Say goodbye. Yeah, exactly. And desert and you. Desert you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's pretty much all I got for you. Okay, now you gotta do the dance. Like, I don't even remember the dance. <laughs> like, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember yeah, either. So, yeah. I'm just trying to make you do shit at this point. Nah, nah. <laughs> nah. Tranquilo. Yeah. Tranquilo, way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you. Oh, I think for me, um, well, I'll say this. I'm a big fan of Christmas music, which is already kind of <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it's all good. you know, some, some people really are not Christmas music people, but, um, and I mean, there's like some good Christmas music, but I would say probably like growing up, like listening on the radio to Christmas music, hearing Last Christmas by Wham was always like uh. such a joyous <laughs> moment for me. But at least Wham is a respectable group. Rick Astley was like, what? <laughs> Who true. are you? He's, that dude, like one hit wonder, like really, that wasn't even a one hit. Like the, I think that was, that was like a have a hit. I think that seriously might have been like the first, like uh, on the first episode of VH1's One Hit Wonders. Like oh, that wow. song, <laughs> like no, wow. that, that used to be like one of my like guilty pleasures when I was young. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it was it was just it was catchy, and I was yeah. young. And yeah, I was that's okay. Shit. It's no shame, no shame. No, no shame. I, I mean, I don't give a fuck. Somebody, you know, somebody <laughs> say fuck it. shit to me, like fuck yeah. it. Nice. Yeah. But no, but like Wham is actually like nice though. I know, I like yeah. Wham, but it's kind of just like one of those things where you like, oh, you know, oh, oh, which one did you, did you say? This Christmas? Last Christmas. Yeah, last, last Christmas. Christmas yeah. Is this the uh, this Christmas? Da, yeah, da, da, yeah, 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 yeah. The only thing about it, yo, is about this song. Wham is that? Yeah, Wham is good. <laughs> I used to work in like restaurants and shit, and just be like around, and they used to play that shit like That's so much. That's the thing. Much. They play it so much. That's why it's the guilty pleasure. Not that it's bad, but it just gets so overplayed. But I would mm. never get tired of it. Yeah. And even now, like. <laughs> I kind of still don't like everybody will be like, ugh, and I'm kind of just like not saying anything like, <laughs> wow, you know, like bopping a little bit to myself. Yeah, still like little like hand gestures. <laughs> the only Christmas song that I can say that I like, well, besides the Run DMC one, um, is the Lou Rawls one. You know that one, Christmas is Christmas. Yeah, uh, you got to sing it again. Oh, uh, it's like I really, it's like Christmas is, but it's more about the beat behind it. It's like okay. an ill beat. It's Yo. like it's something you would sample. Yeah, yeah. Yo, but you know what I'm saying? Though. And I'm, and it's just like every day. Uh, 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 okay. Uh, uh, uh. I think David Axelrod or somebody like that produced it because he used to produce for like Lou Rawls and a bunch of people like a, that. A word. No, like the thing is, like honestly, yo, like 
I don't really have a problem with like Christmas songs and like I actually I like, Christmas like, music. Feel like like yo like okay this is the thing though like I grew up with like the Motown Christmas CD there you and, go like, exactly like, yeah. exactly like when I had the uh, like that we had was, like, like a standard. Stevie like, Wonder we had like the Whispers yeah, like, fucking uh, BB and CC Winans got a banging Christmas album I'm sorry <laughs> there's some joints on there yeah see yeah. the thing is I grew up Muslim so Christmas wasn't our thing okay 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 it's just, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, I, mean, I can dig it I can dig it so I don't I have a very limited knowledge of Christmas songs like I mean because for me I think in general it's also like for me again it's not about the content but it's just about that sort of like reinterpretation of like the regular traditional things that you hear around the holidays yeah, like just yeah, like yeah. hearing like black folks take on some of that stuff mm-hmm. was always really nice like yeah Stevie Wonder has a really good little drummer boy oh my god and he's got this other joint one little Christmas tree and oh. it's so dope I got Yo. another guilty pleasure song for you yeah. where, 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 where? Uh, Frank Sinatra um um Luck be the lady. <laughs> he's like he's one of those talk singers. He's not yeah. singing. He's talking and he's like disguising as singing. He's like Luck be the lady Yo, tonight. I'm, I'm like I don't know why I like that song, but whatever. Yo, I'm not gonna lie. Every now and then I do have like these little phases with like Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. Like yeah, she yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. got that like talking out the side of his mouth thing. <laughs> yeah, it just like starts like happening. Like um, yeah, I go through like these little fits. So it's like nothing wrong with that. It's like nothing yeah, wrong yeah. with that at all. And like also like what was the one song? Um, there was one point where like I was obsessed with the song like I did it my way. Oh yeah. Like uh, <laughs> or like the when I was um the when I was song, like those two I was like mad obsessed with at one mm. point or another. Yeah. Word, yeah. word. So that that's it for me, man. Yeah. yeah. But nah, but yo, but thank you guys for like coming on and like, coming in and like welcome, being man. out. Yeah, no worries. No. Welcome. Thank you for inviting me, man. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's been a I, pleasure. I'm actually like glad to be here. I've actually invited both of y'all to like fish fries in the past. It's gonna like this year. Mm. We're gonna like fry fish okay. at the at the Burger Mart. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, you know, I need you know, I, I need up. to feel like I'm some home. Yeah, here, I feel Because it's kind of like you know, I've been to certain things here. And we're like, yo, this is some real soul food. I'm like. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. Nah, and this, you know, but and this is also from someone who who was from the states, a brother from the states. I'm like, oh word, you got it. Yo, but this is what part of the states is he from though? Yeah, what part are they from, and how long have they been here? California. Yeah, yo, this is the thing too. Like after you, no, but they don't know nothing about that. I mean, I spent a lot of time growing up in Texas, so you know. Yeah, not exactly. You know, you gotta like honestly. I think the thing is like this too. Like when you've been here for a long time. There's some things where it might not be like on point, but you're like, it's close enough, and you're like yeah. take it and run with it. That's the issue with Mexican food out here. Yeah, but Very see, much. that's the thing is like, also, well, yeah, like the K pasta chain. I'm like, oh, I got, no, I got, oh, no, 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 I got no, caught. No, no, you I have don't to know do that. Trap, man, that's a trap. I got gaffled once, and I was like, yo, oh, are you, shit. Si- are no. you sh- shitting me? That's a me? trap. Don't do it. It's a trap. I'm like. It's yeah. a trap. That shit's a dead ass trap. Yo. It's a trap. When it's my a girl was here, she was like, oh, let's go. I'm like, I can't believe you, you better not step foot there. in there because that place is yeah. wizard. Hey, no. we, uh, yo, we got a list for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got, yeah, well, you bust me down with that list later. Yeah, we don't have you up. No, most definitely. But yo, but like, um, honestly, yeah, when I moved here, that's when I really learned how to cook more. Oh, I cook all the time, man. Yeah, yeah. I cook yeah a so lot like as well. now I'm just like solid. But anyway, before I end up like going off on another tangent, yo, thank y'all. I guess we gotta thank get you, because man. like what time is you? Well, uh, we got ten after nine. Yeah, so we I'm going like start like playing or whatever. Right. Okay, cool. Coolio. Peace, peace. 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 Bye. peace.